Yo fam, welcome to Let's Go with Nick Pags. This series is intended to empower you to break through your self-limiting beliefs and step into your personal power. You're the only one in your way, so if you're ready to step up and out, this is your show. Let's go. And welcome back to another episode of Let's Go. Today's episode is a little different. This is the audio recording of an event I did back in April, the Mind Body Tribe Experience run by Jess Glazer. This was a women's empowerment event where I talked a lot about stepping outside your comfort zone and beating adversity. So stuff that all of us can can utilize and grow with. And I thought that it could be pretty impactful to put out the audio recording of this keynote. So I'm excited for you to to hear what I got to say. There's some major points in here, three big points, a lot of which I've referred to on different podcast episodes, but this is the one that puts them all together. So let's get our mind right. Let's get excited because at the end of this one, we're going to have some actionable steps to take with us to go on with our day and get done what we got to get done. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy my keynote at the Mind Body Tribe experience. Thank you, Jeff. So, uh, in order to speak to you in, in the way that I would like to, I want to give you a little background on who I am and why I believe Jess had me here today. So my name is Nick Pags. I am a personal trainer, as she said, at Performance House in New York City. I'm also a motivational speaker. And, um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about where I came from, my upbringing. So I grew up in Westchester, New York, and I grew up under the two greatest parents on the entire planet, and slightly biased, I guess. My mom, Jenny, my dad, Armand. I have four of the greatest siblings on the planet, so I had a wonderful upbringing with wonderful people. And as I was growing up, my whole entire life really was focused around soccer. I was a sports guy. I wanted to play pro soccer. That was my motive for everything I did. And on any off time that I had where I wasn't playing soccer, that was I was filling it with my other three pillars of my life, the foundation of my life, which was service. My family was big on service. So I did a lot of service. School, obviously, my parents were very adamant about me doing well in school, more adamant than I was about doing school. And then also theater. I did a lot of musical theater growing up. Um, my grandmother was a theater company in Westchester, so kind of did that thing as well. So my soccer career was very intense from a young age, and my coach was, what do I say? He, he was one of the toughest personalities that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, he challenged me in ways that, that I had not been challenged before. It was my first real bout of adversity in my life. And for years and years, I was getting beat down by this guy over and over and over, emotionally, mentally, not physically, thank God, but definitely mentally and emotionally. And it was a challenge for me. It was a struggle for me. But I knew my motive was, I'm going to get a full ride to college. I don't want my parents to pay for college. I don't want them to spend a dime. And then from there, I'll play the top D1 school in the country. I'll go pro. Everybody will chant, Nick Pags, Nick Pags. It'll be awesome. Right? So that's my motive. So I kept driving through over and over, practice after practice crazy stuff with this guy. So college comes around, and absolutely none of that happened. I got a very small scholarship to a Division III school. I chose that because the coach was begging me to go there. And at a D3 school, to me, I was like, you know what? This is going to be easy. I'll be able to just kind of be the stud of the team. He was begging me to go there. I get to be a superstar from day one. He shook hands with me. He's like, you know what? You're going to start. 
You're going to be one of our top goal scorers, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I am in. Thank you so much. So they also had a beautiful DPT program. I wanted to be a physical therapist. That was kind of my track in my head. So I was like, you know what? I'll do that. I'll get my education, make my parents happy, and I'll just end up playing pro anyway, so it's all good. Because my mindset said I want to help people and I want to play, play pro soccer. That was it. That's all I knew I wanted to do. So I get to school, and we get there, and apparently there's tryouts. Which, I, I, I swear, I know that sounds crazy. In, in college sports, my understanding at the time was, when you sign with the school, you're in. You're on the team. Right? So I show up, and I get there for tryouts, and this kid explains to me, he's like, dude, it's D3. Like, there's always tryouts. And I was like, okay, cool. So, little did I know, I had not signed any contract, like, saying that I was guaranteed a spot. So the coach wasn't even looking at me on tryouts. He wasn't even giving me the time of day. I'm like... He's already got me locked into the starting spot. He doesn't need to watch me. He's got to watch these other scrubs. Like, he's paying attention to them because he's already got my spot set, right? So the tryouts end, and I walk to the coach's office to see the, the roster there, and my name's on. I, like, knocked on the door. I was like, oh, <laughs> you made a mistake. My name is not on the list. And he said, yeah, you didn't make it. Better luck next year, son. And that was it. No explanation, nothing. I tried to get something out of them. So I called my parents, devastated. I mean, I was bawling before I could even pick up the phone to talk to them. And I talked to them both, and they both said to me, you know what, you get to make a choice. We're going to support you, whatever you do. You want to transfer, do your thing. And my mom, I will never forget this conversation. She said to me, you're welcome to transfer, and we're in support of you doing that. But if you're doing it because you're quitting, because someone told you no, don't transfer. And you know when moms say something that, like, they kind of say something that, like, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. So I was like, okay, I'm sick around. So, so I trained, and I trained, and I worked on the other three pillars of my life, service, school, and, uh, and the theater thing. And I was very successful in all those. I was killing it. We made a great friend group. Sophomore year comes around. I was training every day for the next year of trial. I show up. Or, or I'm sorry. I email the coach. Couple days before, and I'm like, hey, coach, just make it sure the time is right for tryouts. I'll see you there. He writes back, Nick. I did not hear from you at all throughout the year. You are not welcome to tryouts, coach. So now it's sophomore year. I've been working 18 years. And I, and I know it sounds silly, like in hindsight, but I was working 18 years to play at a pro level or at a high college level. And I got told no again. So now I'm really heated. And I, and of course, go back to the mindset, the conversation with my mom. And my mindset is saying, like, okay, you know what? Just do it. Just, just get on this team. Learn how to fight this good fight. Let's figure it out. So I start training, and I start training. And every week, I walk up to my coach's door, and I'm like, hey, coach, you in there? He very rarely did he answer, right? So spring semester, it's a, it's a fall semester sport. Spring semester, that second semester, I walked up to the coach. I had been at the field after their practices. I was just around. I wanted him to smell me. That was like my intent. I was like, I want to be so close. So I show up to spring. I'm like, coach, can I try out for spring team? He's like, yeah, okay, sure. For some reason, he was not a fan of me being on that team. So I show up spring, leading goal scorer in the spring. He allows me on the team. I'm the leading goal scorer in the spring. Junior year comes. I finally make the team. And up until that point, we had one year in school history where we really did well. In school history, I went to the University of Scranton. Right? In school history, we had not really done well as a soccer team. That year, we made it to the Elite Eight. We were number eight in the country. Now, I want to be very clear about something. That was not me. <laughs> I did not have a great year. Like, my stats were not great. And I really believe that the integrity and the purpose and the drive and the passion that I had and that I brought to that team really made a difference in our results. So, school ends. I finish senior year. 
uh, with a counseling degree, and I'm thinking about what's next, and I'm looking at these different grad schools, and as I'm looking at grad schools for my master's in social work, I'm at a local gym, where I got my personal training cert when I was 19, I was now 21, so I went back to the gym and I started doing my thing, right? It was just personal training to make a couple bucks. It turned into 60 to 70 hours a week of work out of nowhere. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm making money. And at that time, I was making like $23, $24 an hour. They were taking 65%. And I was like, oh, I was living at my mom's and dad's basement. And I was just like, this is awesome. Like, this is what life is like. This is so easy. I forgot about bills and like living on your own and all that stuff. But so I'm doing well for myself. So I took my first big leap, my first big, huge step outside my comfort zone. I started my own business. I stepped outside of the big box gym. I was making 100% of my profits. I was going from place to place. I was training at other areas. It was really an amazing experience. I was really proud of what I was doing. And in that time, I also met Ripped. Ripped is a group fitness studio that's similar to like a Barry's Boot Camp or an Orange Theory, high intensity interval training, and then weights. And I met Ripped. While I was building that, I was saying to myself, like, I'm in alignment with my motive. This is good. I want to help people. And then it went from one person at a time per hour to like, okay, now i got group fitness. So now I'm working with 10, 20, 30 people anymore. So my motive kept getting stronger. Ripped opened about five and a half years ago in Westchester. I met them about four years ago. I came in and I tore it up. I was awesome at it. It was a combination of like the theater stuff, I think, and then just being like, Mr. Energy all the time. So it really worked out well. We started to gain notoriety in the fitness space. Then we decided to open up a studio in New York City, which was kind of my baby. I was working 25 classes a week. I was sleeping on the floor in the closet of the studio. I wanted to feel that like I built this kind of feeling, right? So I started to gain a lot of notoriety in the space. It was, it was, oh wow, it was a month ago today, uh, March 13th, that I said goodbye to Red. I stepped away from my position at Red. So I need you to take a piece of paper out or your phone, whatever you want to write down, because you're going to want to write this down. we got a couple things to write down today. I want you to write this down right here. Make your motive your God. Make your motive your God. I want you to write that down. What you do in life is not necessarily as important as why you do it. We get very caught up in the mechanism, like I have to do this, I have to do that, step, step, step. Why you're doing it holds much more weight, right? So I have an equation for this that I kind of live by and I believe that this has driven me to my purpose in life and has kept me going because that motive is what's driving me. So it looks like this, so here's the equation. On the left is motive plus mechanism equals results. You might want to write that one down too. Motive plus mechanism equals results. I know I'm using my phone for notes, guys. It's 2019. I apologize. I'm like swiping on my phone. Okay. So, so there's an equation that equals 100%, right? Your results is your 100% equation. Like that's, that's exactly what I want, 100%. So my question for you is, what are the percentages here? Motive plus mechanism. Is it like 50-50, 60 40 40-60? Any guesses on what that is? Oh, come on now. 90, 10, what? 90, motive. 90, motive, 10. Okay, anybody else? 75, 25, motive. Cool. Anybody else? 
No guesses? 80-20. Cool. Okay. All right. So I believe in the time that I've been working with clients for the past nine to nine and a half years and using this on my own and watching my parents and just studying people and their actions, I believe that motive is 95 to 99%. And your mechanism is 1 to 5%. And that equals 100% results. Because when you are so locked into why you're doing something, you'll figure shit out. If you're a mother in here, if your kid calls you and says, Mom, help, I don't know where I am, can you come get me? What is stopping you from getting there? Right? Why? Because you know your why. Your motive is I'm making sure my kid's okay. Literally nothing else will stand in the way of you. Nothing. There could be a million dollars on the table right there. You're like, yeah, okay, I gotta go get my kid. That's how it works because your motive is so strong. And a lot of us get really locked into mechanism because it's easy to start overanalyzing, right? For a lot of us, the, the term Jess loves to use is one, uh, analysis paralysis, right? We use that all the time. For me, when I was at Ripped, my departure, listen, I was making the better money than I ever thought I was going to make in my life, legitimately. And I was 26 and I was like, hell yeah, this is amazing, I'm killing it. I became one of the top instructors in New York City. And that means you're one of the top instructors in the world because this is a hub of fitness. Yeah. So you start to build that, yeah. <laughs> you start to build that reputation. I was sitting pretty. I became a Lululemon ambassador. I have a deep passion for Lululemon. I, I, I know a lot of leggings in here are probably Lululemon, right? <laughs> they're an incredible company, but if you understand what they stand for, they're even more incredible. Get to, get to know the company. So they, they don't do like, a, hey, I want to sign up to be an ambassador. They got to reach out to you because you're making waves in the industry. So that happened. I became a Lululemon ambassador. I'm hanging in the store on 66. I was like, what the fuck? I was just in like my parents' basement the other day. <laughs> right? So I started to get, so why did I step away from that? My motive, as I grew, as I grew up, my motive grew with me. So it went from I want to help someone to like, oh, there's a group here. I want to help a group of people to like, I don't want to wake up and help 200 people throughout the day in classes. I want to affect 2 million people every day because I can get my face out there because we have this thing. I want to put all my time and attention to being in support of others and giving everything I got. Now, here's the ticket. I jumped without evidence. I declared that I was going to create this without evidence. We're a month off of that decision, right? I told you, this is a month ago, today. I have no idea what the mechanism is. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. Talking to 2 million, 5 million, 10 million people a day, how the hell am I going to pull that off? I don't know, and honestly, I'm not worried about it. I'm giving it 120 on my motive. Like, I'm going all in, 120% motive. The mechanism will figure itself out. So when you get locked in on your motive, your mechanism will be created, it will fall into place. But a lot of us, we need evidence, right? I gotta know it works. I'm not buying it unless I know it works. I'm not investing myself unless I'm confident I've seen someone else do it. I've never seen anybody do this come up, or I haven't witnessed it, I'm sure it happened, but I haven't seen it. So I'm just doing it blind, but I'm willing to try. Evidence, I don't need evidence, I'm willing to jump in. Because the truth is there's a hundred billion different ways probably to get it done. I believe that. I probably could have stayed at Ripped, right? And started like an online thing and started to speak and, like, and that would have been the comfy way. But I knew, for me, my motive was pushing me in a place of separate from this so you can put 100% attention into this and go in. I was just confident that my motive was driving me. Okay, so that's a really big, because the, the analyzation will get you stuck. 
It will, it will paralyze you. You'll be stuck there. So I, I have a question for you. The, for me, well, let me explain it this way. Is there someone in your life, not in your life, or that you see in life, that you follow on Instagram, or you see on TV, social media, and somewhere on the news, that you aspire to have either the success they have, the money they have, the life they have, the family they have, something, somebody that has something that you don't. For me, I'll give you an example. Uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, number one motivational speaker in the world. Tony Robbins, Mel Robbins, um, Gary Vee, Jay Shetty. These people have something that I want. Like, I want that audience. I want that connection. I want to be able to impact millions of people today. So, does that make sense? So, I need a couple raise of hands. Who is someone in your life that you follow that you just like? You like, I want that somehow. Anybody old enough to stand? Can you stand up? Oh, hey, girl, look at her. Pop it up for that. That's awesome. Go, girl. Anybody else? And so, okay, thank you. Anybody else? Alex Trebek. Who? Okay. I don't know who that is. Can you tell me? You don't know who that is. Oh, that's not the guy. Got it. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Judy. It's like, are you serious? Do you live under a rock? Go ahead. So tell me this, what about Jess Glazer? Is it? I know, sorry. Can you stand up for a second? Or maybe step outside, it comes on a little bit. What's your name? Alex. Thanks, Alex. So what is it about Jess Glazer that you aspire to? Or something that she has that you want to create? Thank you. How much you like you try to, you know, impact lives and um, just being able to like reframe your brain is something that I've been working on for a lot of years. So uh, that's been really inspiring for me to be able to see your journey and keeps me going my journey. Um, yeah, and her hair is cool. So <laughs> <laughs> let's clap it up for Alex. Alex, thank you. That's really bold to be able to stand, not only stand and, ex and express yourself like that, but to do it face to face with someone. So thank you, Alex. I admire you for that. That's awesome. I acknowledge you. Tougher question. What's the biggest difference between Alex and Jess? And why she has what Alex wants? I haven't dyed my hair yet. What's that? <laughs> I haven't dyed your hair yet. <laughs> yeah, bingo. That's a, it's in my presentation. Hasn't done it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Stepping outside her comfort zone. Stepping outside her comfort zone? Cool. Yeah, so I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. The biggest difference between you and the person that you aspire to be or what they have, the biggest difference is that they act boldly, consistently. That person acts boldly, consistently. This is what I call the ABC method. Boldly, consistently. Simple, right? Acting boldly, consistently, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. The truth is it's terrifying because you live in a space of discomfort. You live in a space of outside my comfort zone, I'm not used to this, I don't know how to handle this. You live in a space of challenge, right? And for a lot of us, we don't like that discomfort. We don't like to get uncomfortable or challenged over and over. We get through one challenge and we're like, 
Whew, I need a break. That was rough. Those people who are doing amazing things over and over, they're acting boldly, consistently, day in and day out. And what that means is you're climbing what I, what I like to call the competition, competency ladder. Okay, so I do this thing. You know when speakers go on stage or an actor is doing like vocal warm-ups? Mommy made me match my M&Ms, like that stuff, seashells by the seashore. This is one, I dare you to try this. Climb the competency ladder, climb the competency ladder. I can't do it, by I've tried this, go home try it. <laughs> I almost did it the other day. So climbing the competency ladder, right? Every single step, you learn something from it. Every single step, you grow. If I were to put you on the 20th step of this ladder, just like snap my fingers and you were there, your reaction would be, whoa, 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 this is crazy. I don't know how to deal with it up here. I've never been this high. You start to sweat. You get nervous. You're like shaky. You're, I'm lightheaded. I can't look down. Like all this stuff starts to happen because you've never been there and you didn't take step by step to get there. If someone were to snap their fingers and hand you a million dollar business for my entrepreneurs in here who are trying to create a business and you keep saying, I just want to have this amazing business. If somebody handed it to you, you would have no idea how to keep it up, right? You wouldn't have any idea how to build the space, how to continue to let it grow and flourish. You would have no idea how to keep the space clean and keep it what it is and continue to build it. But because you didn't take the steps, you, you won't be able to. But if you go step by step, step one, step two, this ain't too bad, step three, step four, and at each step you face the challenges and you beat the, the challenges that you have to face at each one, every single one. I'm going to learn here. I'm going to learn here. And you get to 10. And you're looking down. You're like, I'm just at 9. I was just at 9. I literally just did 9. I'm good. I got 10. I was just at 10. Right, let me just get 11. A lot, of, a lot of you are trying to go from 11 to 16. And then you freak out. And you're just like, no. And you start again. When really, if you just went step by step and trusted the process, you'd be good. Right? So I can't throw you on 20. Nobody can throw you on step 20. You gotta get there. And when you build confidence, and when you get to that spot, you'll grow and move to the next one. And here's the interesting thing. A lot of us are playing this game of lateral ladder, L-A-T-E-R, right? Lateral laddering. So you like climbing up, you at the 20th, you're like, look at me, I'm at the 20th step, hey, take a picture. And then you get there and you start to gain success. You're starting to gain notoriety. You're making some money. You're feeling good. You're getting recognized. And then you're like, oh, this is nice here. Let me just climb 20 over here. And then the next ladder at 20. And you're just working in a horizontal space. And you're saying, I'm moving all over the place. Why am I not growing? Because you're not elevated. Without taking the, the steps necessary to jump up to step up, you won't grow. Right? So a lot of us, we got up to step 20. And we're excited about step 20. It's an amazing feeling. And that's probably where you start to really get uncomfortable. Like you've done some uncomfortable things, and then you get there, and it's like, wait, I can't do that. That's just ridiculous. Never. That's your 21st step. And when you start to act boldly, consistently, over and over and over again, you start to see those results. Right? So just thinking about that lateral movement. Where in your life are you moving laterally? You're saying I'm making moves, but are you doing the same thing in a different space? Or are you really trying to step up your game? Move from the next one. So why do, we, why do we stay at the 20th step? Why do we get stuck there? 
There's one word that really locks us into our place, and it tends to be this always, and it's comparison. We get stuck on step 20 because we are so, we're looking at 47, step 47 going, there's no way. Look at what he or she has. I can't do, there's no way I can get up there. Like, it's impossible. Like, you, he got there through all this work, and he made all this money. Like, it's so, and I can never achieve that. And it freezes us, and we get stuck. And we're at step 20, and we're like, well, I'm moving, right? I'm moving. No, you're just working left and right. Theodore Roosevelt said it best. I hate quoting because I always mess it up. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Right? And even deeper, there's an author, I believe his name is John Cuff, and he says, uh, don't, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. You heard that one before? Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. The person on 47 has gone through the ringer to get there. And if they didn't, they'll drop quick. They had to build to get to that spot. Right? So the person, they will, they'll work their way up. They have worked their way up. And you'll get there too with patience. And, and for a lot of us, and, and this is what I know you're saying right now. This girl got a business in like six months. And I've been working for six years. And why is she on step 47 and I'm at 20? Because your timelines are different. Like, it, you, can't, you can't judge somebody else's timeline versus yours. The second you go into comparison mode, you're done. You just freeze. Because you start to look at all the reasons why I'm not, what she did. And you start trying to be somebody or not. And nobody could ever be a better version of you. And you'll never be a better version of Mr. 47. You just won't. You can pretend to. You can try and pose. You can try and do your thing. But... Eventually, you will be found out because you're not taking the steps necessary to get up there. Right? So just like you say, I can't get to 47, just like when you are on ground floor, you look to 20, and you're like, no shot. I'm never getting to 20. And here you are at 20. 47 is my lucky number if you haven't read <laughs> so, so it's a, it's a matter of understanding that I'm willing to take the steps and time necessary. I'm willing to trust in my own process. Right? So... That person on 47, that is your ticket to what you want. Now, it's not about comparison. It's about recognition, opening awareness to Jess Glazer has got a banging online business. I'm going to get in that woman's space. Not because I want to be her, but because I want to learn her strategies. I want to get in her play. Right? I just want to be in her space. I just want her to smell me. <laughs> That's it. Right? Just getting, <laughs> just getting someone's face, right? It's about getting high vibration relationships around you to bring your vibration up. It's really important. So growing up, I was a Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout. I know that sounds funny, but it's the truth. Uh, my mom is like still a Girl Scoutaholic. She, she does all of these like Girl Scout events. She's like the queen bee of all Girl Scouts, right? And my sisters would have meetings, so... I didn't know where to go, so I go. Right? So me and my brother, we did it. Like we did, like what is it? It's, it's Daisy Brownie Junior. Like we went through the ranks. We got our pins, like the whole nine yards. One of the songs. I believe I was telling you that. One of the songs that that they sing, uh, and if you know it, sing along. Make you a friend, but keep the old one is silver and the other is gold. Awesome. I know you know. Clap it up. 
for yourself, sing along, girl. My mom is going to be so proud of that. Listen to the words of the song. Make new friends, keep the old, one is silver and the other is gold. Anywhere in that line does it tell you, make sure that the first friend that you had is your gold friend. Because the silver friend is the second friend. Because the gold one's been around longer. There's no description on you must have this friend in this spot because they've been around longer. There's no seniority here. When you're talking about relationships in your life, the five people that you have around, you've heard this, right? They are, you are a, a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. We've heard that term. If you're putting all of your time and effort into somebody that has a low vibration, guess where you're going to stay? You're going to be there. Right? But if you start to get around people with high vibration and yours raises, not only are you going to raise your vibration, the people around you, those people that are low vibration, they're going to start to gravitate towards you and get into your body rather than you sinking down into theirs. So that relationship with Mr. or Mrs. 47 is massively important to you because that can be the gateway and the ticket to your vibration rising, which means taking steps in the competency ladder. Competency ladder. And when you get up and keep going, you will then create your own space. Now I'm at 33. I'm killing it at 33. And my friend, who's really been bringing me down at number 10, is starting to come up with me. And you might build them in the process. Like, they might be even going faster. They might be jumping up with you. So it's not, you don't need to feel bad about losing certain relationships. It's simply just an understanding that you get to work for you. You get to take care of you. Because in long term, you're taking care of the people in your life. If you're taking care of you. If your vibration is high, your kids are going to be better kids. If your vibration is high, you're going to be better in your yoga class. And the girl next to you is going to be like, she's killing it. Let me work on that. Like, you're going to get better. You're going to get your business partners to elevate with you. It is your job. And a lot of us like to put everybody else's bl like the blame on everybody else around us. Their vibration is low. Well, don't hang out with them. Go somewhere else. There's plenty of people that you can be spending your time with. Right? So, so getting around that space is really important. Why is it that we don't get around the space of the people that have a, a, a higher vibration? Right? The people who are killing Mr. 47. Why don't we get around that? Anybody know? Why do we avoid those relationships sometimes? What's your name? Sarah. Sarah, what's up? Intimidation. Intimidation. I like that. Anybody else? Thank you, Tim. Anybody else? Don't want the spotlight? Okay, so like fear a little bit? Nervous of, of the spotlight? Okay. Something else. There you go. Limiting beliefs. Amazing. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So the number one thing that holds us back from deep relationships is ego. Ego. You might want to write that one down too. And your ego's probably stopping you from writing it down. <laughs> Our ego thrives on four things. There are four strategies that our ego uses to keep us afloat. Survival strategies of the ego. Number one, play it safe. Being safe. Our ego tells us, don't step outside your comfort zone. You don't know what's going to happen. If you go talk to Mr. 47, they might tell you how bad you are, and then you screwed. Don't do it. That's your ego screaming inside of you. Right? Playing it safe or being comfortable. That's number one. Looking good is number two. That's your ego talking. Don't you dare walk up to Jess Blazer. Because if you do, everybody's going to know that Jess Blazer's got an online business better than yours, and you're going to look like an asshole. 
that's the shit that goes on in people's head. Yeah. Right? Don't let it happen. Number two of the ego is that looking good. This one is all mine. I love this one. Being right. Being right. We love to be right. It hurts when we go and admit, yeah, I just don't know. Like, I, So this is the best way to do Instagram. Well, actually, Mr. 20, this is the best way to post your post. And if I, if I am living in a be right space, I'm not able to accept what they're giving, what they're putting down for me. I can't take it out. Right, so being right. And then the last one is being in control. There's a lot of us in this room that if somebody said, hey, I'm gonna take you out to a surprise dinner tonight, you gotta close your eyes and not telling you where you're going, you'd start shaking because you're not in control of where you're going. Right, any control freaks in the room? Probably not a politically correct statement, but, right? Need to be in control, that's your ego. So those four things don't allow us to create deep connection with people because we're nervous of what could come. They're all fear-based. Right? And when you don't have those relationships, your vibration stays low. They don't allow us to flourish in our space. So for me, dropping the ego has done phenomenal things. In the past year, I have had profound breakthroughs because I dropped my ego. In the past year, I have turned information into knowledge because I was able to drop my ego. In the past year, I have, I have been through and taken part in experiences that would have never happened had I not dropped my ego. And the second you can step away from that, you gain power. Your power. Your authentic power. I, in the past two years, I have invested a wild sum of time and money into my own personal development. And wouldn't you guess, it got me one thing. Literally one, one thing, like I got tons of nuggets. But it all came down to one thing. You're gonna to wanna to write this one down, because this is why we're here today. After hours, and months, and years, and money, and time, reading, experiences, all of it, it taught me that I am worthy because I am. I am worthy because I am. I want you to imagine what your life would look like if you believe that statement authentically. I want you to imagine what your body would look like if you believe that authentically. I want you to imagine the possibilities if you believe that statement in truth without attachments. Because a lot of us in this room believe that. If I have 50,000 followers, I am worthy because I am, as long as I'm a good mom. I am worthy because I am, as long as I make $150,000 a year. I am worthy because I am, as long as my husband says so. I am worthy because I am, as long as all my friends think I'm cool. I am worthy because I am, as long as I get a good applause at the end of my speeches. I am worthy because I am, because I did this, and I did that, and I have this, and I have that. You don't need anybody to tell you you're worthy because this, that, and the other thing. You're here. You're in existence. You are worthy because you're here. You're worthy of all the things that you said you wanted to create. You're worthy of the million-dollar business you said you want to have. You're worthy of all the connection and relationship you want. You're worthy of the love that you keep talking about receiving. You're worthy of the body that you say you're going to have. You're worthy of it all. 
But until you believe it, you're not going to receive. I am worthy because I am. How would your life be different if you believed that authentically? Time is a finite thing. It doesn't stick around forever. It comes to an end. Thank you, Father. The only way to know that it's too late is when it's too late. It's easy to say in hindsight, I should have, I could have, I could have told her I loved her. I could have gone and done this. I could have told my mom this. I could have raised my kids that way. I could have started that business. It's easy to say I could have afterwards, but it's always too late when it's too late. The only way you know it's too late is when it's too late. And for a lot of us, like, how many, how many sacrifices are you going to have to go through before you recognize it's time to step up? How many family members and friends have to pass on before you wake up? How many battles to cancer have to be lost before you step up because your time might be ticking? How many situations do you need to step into where you're watching things end and you're not taking responsibility for your own? How many things do you need to keep watching? How many tragedies on the news, unexpected, kids dying, like, do we have to see for us to wake up and say it's time? Like, your time is now, and if it's not, you don't know how much time is there. It's ticking every second. Stepping outside your comfort zone, big whoop. I don't know how much time I got left. I'm down to stand in front of 200 people. I'm into it. And if you can't do it for you, and if you can't do it for you, there's somebody who thinks you're worthy enough. There's somebody in your life who sacrificed to make you stand where you are right now. I got a sister who stood up in seventh grade on the bus when Louis Rinaldi threw gum in my hair and said, back off my brother. She thinks I'm worthy. I got siblings who have my back day one, day two, and will always, no matter what, they're my best friends. No matter what happens, they'll be there. They know I'm worthy. My dad, who worked seven days a week my whole life just to get me through school and get my siblings through school so I don't have to worry about loans. He knows I'm worthy. My mom, who gave up her life for 29 years to stay at home and take care of me, she knows I'm worthy. And I'm just going to chill because I'm good? Because it's easy? Because I got tomorrow? You don't know if you have it. So how many times are you just going to keep letting that narrative run in your head? I'll figure it out tomorrow. I'll do it then. When the time is right, when she says she's sorry, all that bullshit we tell ourselves over and over again. I am worthy because I am, not because you need clarification. So today I have a takeaway for you, a challenge for you. I want you to, before you leave this room, before the end of the day, you're going to tell one person, two people, why you are grateful. Why you are grateful. And here's why. Gratitude is the answer to all of this. If you're missing success, if you're missing money, if you're missing friendship, love, relationship, connection, anything you're missing in your life is surrounded around the fact that you don't invite gratitude in your life. Being present to the moment and being grateful for what it is and how it is. And that means good and bad. In the bad, it's, it's crazy to think that losing your job, you can be grateful for. It's crazy to think that losing a loved one, you can be grateful for. It's crazy to think that, that losing all your money somehow, or making a big mistake financially, or 
not being connected with that person, like losing something or, or, or getting hurt, that we can be grateful for that. When you're grateful for it, you can learn from it. You can take a nugget from it, and you can grow. But until that gratitude steps in, you will not learn. And just like the good things, when you're grateful for the good things, joy is created. And you love that experience. And when you're grateful for it, you'll do anything to get it back and create another one. So when you live in gratitude, my brother said to me, and I'm going to mess up the quote again. My brother said to me the other day, I had a breakthrough today. This is yesterday afternoon while I'm like going over this. He says to me, the past was not supposed to be any different than it was. And I get to be grateful for that. My brother was, grew up with no parents in foster care. He had a lot of shit go down in his life. He dealt with a lot of struggle. For a man in that space to stand up and say, the past was not supposed to be any different than it was, and I get to be grateful for it. Because now we can move on and step up and elevate his game. So my task for you today is to go tell two people in this room what you're grateful for. One that you know, one person you knew before you walked in here. And if you didn't know anyone before you walked in here, you just talked to a buddy, so now you know them, okay? And then one person that you don't know, that you haven't spoken to all day or your life ever. Okay? Are we in, a, we are in alignment with that? We're good? I am grateful for it. And if you go 120% into this, it can be a profound experience for you. I know it sounds crazy and simple. I invite you to give 120% to that statement that you give to that person. And they'll hold it for you. It's a safe space to do that. So I'm going to ask you all to stand up, and then, and then we'll get the heck out of I'll get off the stage. Can I have two seconds? Yeah. Go ahead. So I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. Let's do it again. Inhale through your nose. Exhale. One more time. Get present. Inhale through your nose. Keep your eyes closed and just focus on your breathing. I want to acknowledge you today for stepping outside of your comfort zone and getting to this space. Somebody in this room came in here to create connections and maybe for the first time in a long time it happened. Somebody in this room came in here to have someone have their back and they got that from being in this room. Somebody in this room was terrified to step in here today and they stepped up and they're proud of themselves that they did it. Somebody in this room has something that they got to say to somebody and when they walk out of here today because they feel inspired and they're prepared to do it, they're going to go do it. Somebody in this room knows that it's time to follow their motive. Somebody in this room is ready to act boldly and not once because it's cute, but do it consistently because they're ready for that. Somebody in this room didn't know it, and it reminded them that today they are worthy, not because somebody said they are, but because they are. Somebody in this room recognizes their worth, and you being next to them is offering them that. Recognize the tribe that's being built, and recognize that you get to be the space for others in your life to have the same. You are the vibration that others need. Don't dim your light with your own mindset. You get to grow and flourish to be the woman that you get to be today. You get to be stronger than you ever imagined yourself being. You get to walk out of this space and create the life that you kept talking about creating. And it's no more talking.
because we don't know how long the time is going to keep ticking. Because time is finite, ladies. And we got a life to live and people to inspire, ourselves to inspire. Somebody in this room came to make a change. And you're making it happen right here. I want to thank you all so much for your time and attention. Yo fam, I want to acknowledge you today for taking leaps and bounds towards a more epic life. Your support and attention is so greatly appreciated and I never take it for granted. Thank you so much for listening. I would love if you would continue to be a part of the Nick Packs Fit fam. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I'll see you all on the next episode.